We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Winish. I am joined as always by the aggravated Rohan Kadi, directly after the Milwaukee Bucks completely bungled a very winnable game against the Golden State Warriors. I don't know what the final score is off top. I know the Bucks lost. Rohan, I think I already know, but how's it going? I've been better. I yeah. have been better. I think the final score was 122 to 121. Well, so. TNT didn't know either, so I'm not going to feel that bad about it. It's okay. It. TNT was like five seconds behind. I'm just happy they showed the game this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, eh, maybe it would have been better if they cut it off with about four and a half minutes left when the Bucks were up by 10. Yeah, but then we wouldn't get to see that beautiful display of basketball tie from the Golden State Warriors, who I texted you. I said, it is the cast of the other guys. I, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Given Giannis did not play in this game, we should mention that. Uh, he missed yeah. his second straight game with uh, knee soreness, so take that as you will. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first, I just want, I want to talk about this game because it's fresh. It's very fresh. Ty, Ty, what did we just, what did we just watch? We watched just like one of the more classic needlessly frustrating Bucks games of the Budenholzer era. I think what what killed me is we're texting during the game. Some truly good stuff on display at times, coaching-wise, in this game. And I know we plan on talking, I think, a pretty good deal about Budenholzer, which 
I think to talk about the Bucks at large, you're going to really need to get there sooner or later, right? Like clearly every head coach is important. And I think more than many, Bud is important just because his, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know if every coach leaves as much of an imprint, a noticeable imprint uh, on a team as Mike Budenholzer does, but like the, I thought the trapping on Steph was good. He ends up with 41 points anyway. Uh, Cause he's Steph, of course. But I, I thought all all game they trapped it and tried to make life hard for him. They didn't always succeed, but they tried. I thought that was pretty good. But the shot diet the Bucks took and just the amount of Brooke Lopez we got in this game, just so frustrating. Just so frustrating. I mean, it felt like every possession he was on the floor, Brooke Lopez ended up with the ball at some point. And like not as like, you know, finishing a roll to the rim or something like he catches it in the middle of the floor posted up and it's like the, the offense is orbiting around him like he's Giannis or freaking Nikola Jokic it's like why why is this happening this doesn't need to happen there are other players like it's just I, I don't understand why Brooke Lopez was such a central figure in this game but I know he certainly was and not in a good way yeah, we've seen this from this uh, from this Bucks team in the past, where it's sort of you see mostly with Giannis, I will say, where you see a, a rookie who's struggling, and you're like, oh, food time. Uh, so that's what the Bucks probably, understandably, saw with James Wiseman, who I hate to I hate to rag on it, but he's been just downright terrible recently. <laughs> he's just he has been he's been abysmal. Uh, it'll get better, I, I think, eventually. It uh, seems like it based on this game. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that was the idea. Like, oh, let's go and attack James Wiseman. But they even went to Brooke Lopez with no James Wiseman on the court. We've the other possibility is we're starting to see, oh, the Bucks sort of like, let's get Brooke going. Let's get Brooke going again. We've seen them do that with multiple players, mainly Chris Middleton, I will say. <laughs> mainly Chris, when he gets into his slump, they'll sort of be like, okay, we're going to start force feeding him the ball, see what he can do get into a rhythm doesn't really work with brooke lopez he is uh he's not a he's not a catch the ball and find his shots and rhythm type of player uh it's just that's just not who he is he's not a wing uh (laughs) like you said he's not nikola Jokic. it's it's just mind-boggling the type of stuff we've seen and then he comes up with uh what you think at the time is a game-saving block and then does not get the rebound and fouls Kelly, which partially was on Chris uh, for yeah, muffling that rebound. Top, did you grab it? His rebounding has been just atrocious. Atrocious. Grab the ball. You're six eight. Yeah, yeah. You could say that for most players on the team, not named Dante and Pat, realistically. And Bobby. But, and Bobby. And Bobby. But yeah, it's just, it was just, rebounds, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just, it was just a mind boggling game. That's the phrase that you keep coming back to what you say. I'm just extremely, I lost that game time. I cannot believe they lost that game to the Warriors. If you are a team that is serious about your uh, chances at winning a title, you need to, you need to win these games. Yeah, um, it's that simple. It's that simple, especially when we've talked about a little bit 
the first seed in the East this season is vital because it gets you out of playing both, presumably, given that they win their series, which they will, the Sixers and the Nets just to make the finals. And we all know that's that's feels like the benchmark, right? That's that's the uncharted territory is getting to the finals. It's a lot harder if you have to go through the other two very good teams in the East. And if the Bucks keep losing games like this, they're probably going to have to do that. Uh, Philly won on Tuesday night, so they, they are getting back. It feels to me Philly probably going to end up getting the first seed. That's my take right now. I just I think Brooklyn is just not going to try. I don't think Brooklyn cares. But and they might just be good enough that they do anyway. But the way the Bucks play tonight, it doesn't feel like it's going to be them. That's for sure. Um, I think I think two guys got upstocks from this game: uh, Thanasis and Jeff Teague. Probably Miss Portis. I think you could give him one too. I don't think anyone else was good enough, and it's a huge issue if Giannis's older brother, a buyout guy who was added one week ago. And fresh off of a COVID absence, Bobby Portis are the only three guys who show up against an NBA team that is literally Steph Curry and bums. That's it. Stephen A. Smith voice, bums. Like, they're not bringing it. Draymond Green is not Draymond Green anymore. He got outplayed by Thanasis. Kelly Oubre is like a prettier Tobias Harris. Like, this is not a skilled team going to the finals. This is like a team fighting to stay out of the play-in or maybe even get into the play-in. And the Bucks just, none of the key players showed up. And yes, Giannis was out. That's worth noting, for sure. Chris and Drew and everybody else need to be able to handle a team like this Warriors team. Especially, just close it out. Up 10 with like four and a half minutes left. They should be able to close out the game. They couldn't. It's just like disappointing. I mean, no, it doesn't mean their season is ruined or whatever else. Like, it's it's one game. Even the standings part, there's 22 left or 20, 20, yeah, 22 left. It can be made up, but it's just disheartening to see. I mean, and, and I'm sure folks will say Drew had some huge moments. Chris had a huge third quarter. They combined for 13 turnovers. Drew especially was bad on the turnover front. The scoring was good. Drew at 29, Chris with 28, but they weren't able to score enough in those last few minutes to put the Bucks ahead. And their turnovers really spurred some Golden State runs. So it's not that they were terrible, but they certainly were not good enough given the team they're playing against. And it's just, it's a bummer. I couldn't have said it better myself. It's just, there were, there were times, a lot of times actually, you mentioned Drew's turnovers where he was just getting his pocket picked. Like I, I, I'd never seen that before, given it's a small sample size relatively with him on the Bucks. But you, you just don't see that <laughs> with a player like Drew Holiday. Chris Middleton is throwing uh, inbounds plays with the game on the line just to no one. Let's talk about it. Let's talk Let's about it. Let's do it. Oh, my God. That might be. We've seen. I will say it was not the let's give it to a double team Chris in the corner coming off a curl play. It wasn't that. That's we don't know progress. that. We don't know that. Chris inbounded. That could have been what was drawn up and it just didn't work. We don't know That's that. True. Let's not let's not stay let's not stay with certainty that that wasn't the original plan. It didn't plan. look like it. It did not. No, look it did like not. That. It did not. I, I, I had to raise you. It didn't look like it. Uh, but somehow, somehow, Ty, they managed to come up with a worse one. Was did it you, a worse play, or did it just yes, not work? It was. Did you see any motion in there, no. like in in sort of the front court or anything? No, you just saw really. you just saw Drew and Chris Xing on offense, and just. 
like off the ball and like, okay, let's throw it in between the two. I don't even know who that pass was meant for. It was like that Chris and Drew both threw some inexplicably bad passes in this game. And I want to get back threw to a the pass last one. right to Andrew. Wiggins. I didn't understand. Like I really like they, sh- I actually, I'm watching on my iPad. I had to rewind and like really put my face right up to the glass to see if it got tipped out. Cause it just didn't make sense. But I think the, the Chris one is probably going to be the one that lives on beyond tonight the longest, just because it was literally on the game, the potential game winning play. And it, I, I need to rewatch it again. My memory is like he softly bowled it into play and then somehow Drew ends up with it. And I'm like, Oh, this could still go well. And then Drew passes it to Pat Connaughton, who, why, why, why ever, why? And then Pat passes it over to Chris, who gets, for the second time that game, blocked by Andrew Wiggins. I don't know why he shot it like that. There was like three seconds left on the clock. There was, like, there was, there was about five, uh, four seconds, four seconds, yeah. Do because something. Pat, Pat is attempting a putback contorted midair 180 with three seconds left. I thought it was going to work, too, is the worst part. I thought he was going to get the foul call, honestly. I didn't think I didn't think they'd ever give him a foul. Not after not after some of the calls Steph got earlier. I didn't think the Bucks or Pat were going to get that call. But I just don't. None of it made any sense. And I think the part I'm maddest about, Drew, don't give it up, dude. Like, don't give it up. Just do it. Just go do it. Like, never, ever, ever with six or whatever seconds left in the game, don't pass to Pat. Just don't do it, dude. Like, just score. It didn't Especially- even work the previous possession where he kicked it out to Pat for an open three. It didn't work. Yeah, that like- was Brick City. Pat Pat, Pat built five serve two tonight with with the, his performance. He was still Chase Center. Apparently, is not finished yet. So Renos, he, 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 he and Brooke zero for eight. The rest of the Bucks combined fourteen for twenty four. Yeah, everybody else was lighting it up, which begs the question, why are those two out there to close the game? Why are both of those players the only two guys Honestly, throwing throw an Axel Tupan. Let's say that for the very end. I have thoughts on Axel. But literally, here's here's the shooting numbers from three for from every buck who played. Chris, two for four. Portis, two for three. Drew, two or four for seven, excuse me. Dante, two for six. Jeff Teague, two for two. Burn Forbes two for two. Tenassus didn't attempt. Good, probably good. It what? Yeah, it, good, great game. We'll talk about Tenassus later. Tenassus later too. Lopez and Pat both zero for four. Let's get them both out there and let's make sure they touch the ball like every single fourth quarter possession. Why? There's no need. You don't need to do this. Watch the Warriors, a team by their own uh, people who cover them. Light Years Podcast here on the Blue Wire Network maligned for not putting the ball in Steph's hands enough. It was in his hands enough in this game. I'll tell you that. He touched the ball enough, that's for sure. I don't and obviously, you know, they don't the Bucks didn't have anyone that good tonight and Steph is Steph, but they had like guys future buck. They had guys who could have been co Steph though. Like they could have in the aggregate been that. And they, they put up the points. People say the raw points, sure, but like just the way they got there was so dumb. It was just dumb. It was dumb to have Pat Condon involved in that play and to run so much offense through Brooke Lopez. And it's just, 
it it cost them the game. This was a self-inflicted L. The Bucks it had was, every it was a reason to job. win. Yeah. Absolute choke job. Clown show. I, yes. It's 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 more upsetting than it probably should be. Maybe more because I had to watch it. <laughs> like, not not getting up the shot is what kills me. Like if you miss the shot, that happens. You can't make all of them. Like if Drew had yeah. missed a pull up, or if Chris had actually gotten a look that didn't go off Andrew Wiggins' hand off. Like if you're getting missed. blocked by Andrew Wiggins multiple cool. times a game, it's time to hang it up. Well, let's hope. Uh, this is Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> he is athletic, at least. But yeah, it wasn't cool. Great. Name something else he does. I know. I I know. I know Rohan. Do we? Have, can we pull up quarter by quarter stats yet, or do we not have that capability yet? Um, we do not. Do we know how much Chris had in the third alone? Because I feel like it was thirteen. Like, I think. Oh, it was just thirteen. Okay. So 13 and a 14, third. 14. We 14. do a quarter by quarter step. Oh, nice. So half of his total scoring output in that one quarter. And it's just the, the intensity, I feel like, waned after that. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be right in my take in the last pod that, in our take, I guess, that, that Chris is not the closer and Drew has to do it. This guy got stuffed by Andrew Wiggins on a play that could have won the game that he took way. He looked rattled. Like he took the shot just way too early. It wasn't a good look. And it, it, the part I really didn't like is it didn't feel to me like a pull-up either or a catch-and-shoot either, right? Like, it didn't feel like – and again, I'd have to rewatch. This is this is probably a biased re reimagining, But I didn't remember him, like, getting it and immediately pulling. He kind of, no, like, got it. Yeah, he hesitated and then, like, pulled it like he had to. And it was like, do one or the other. Like, shoot it like a catch-and-shoot and get the shot off or, like, do anything else besides what happened. <laughs> What a frustrating like, part of the problem with Chris, as always, is he just does not get into the flow of the offense. In, yeah, outside in the, of the f- half of his offense third quarter. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's when he is the offense. Right. So I, I was noticing this a little bit during the game and it re- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really reared its head during that last play. Whenever Chris catches a ball, I want this is a ex- uh, thought experiment for everyone who's listening. Next time you watch Bucks game, which is I don't know when is it tomorrow? What, Thursday? No, I think Thursday. I think they have a day off. Is it Thursday or Friday? Sometime they play the Mavs. Okay, whichever. Go ahead. Yeah, watch Chris Middleton whenever he catches the ball. Does he immediately do something, 
or does he wait for a second and then think about it and then do it? What? Try and see how many times that Chris Middleton immediately when he catches the ball that he goes into something instantly versus other players. See how often they do it. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Just, it's a fun little experiment. We'll, the one, we'll, we'll come back to it. The one guy who doesn't pick up travels because he never goes too quick or quickly enough. Uh, it is Thursday. Like Dante it, got a travel call for that today. Dante. His like only Dante turnover. moving fast. His only turnover of the game. That might have been an unjust downstock. Solid game overall. Uh, two for eight, though. I, I don't want to get in the weeds on Dante. We've had enough Dante conversations. I'm, I'm still thinking about this last play. Why was Portis not out there for in some way, shape, or form? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And this is just what we're stuck with. It really is. When have we ever seen, we've seen it probably like maybe one time where they actually close with the players who have been actually playing well. I think there was one game, I can't recall which game exactly, where they actually did close with Portis on the floor, even though Lopez was, you know, but they, they won. I remember yeah. it, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. We, we, were so, we were so happy about it. And we were thinking, oh, maybe this will be a thing. This was the perfect opportunity to do so. Bobby Portis was doing work. He, Whenever he starts for Giannis, it's like, oh, it's Bobby Portis time, quote Bobby Portis. But it's actually <laughs> a good thing. It's like he's the one player where it's actually a good thing, other than maybe Drew Holiday. Yeah. Well, So the closing five, it was the starters except Pat for Portis, right? Yes. So literally the three worst guys who actually took a three, the three worst shooters in this game. We're out there. Dante two for six, and then the aforementioned Lopez and Conadin both zero for four. So it's okay, like, they might get hot. So, they might get hot with seven seconds left in the game. Oh, so three guys who are combined two for fourteen are going to be out there, but not Portis, who's two for three. Teague, who was two. I would I would have been fun with Teague out there. Let's talk about how Teague. how let's, times have changed in the last like week. <laughs> let's lift our spirits and talk about Jeffrey. Teague. I don't know what his middle name is. Jeff Teague, 16 minutes, 15 points, five for seven from the field, two for two from deep, three for three from the line, one rebound, three assists, three fouls, no turnovers. They lost his minutes. That shows you how sad this game was. Teague bowls out. Or just janky plus minuses. They also, also true. Also true. But Jeff Teague, because third. Pat was a plus nine. Yeah, that's awful. Drew was a minus 13. Eight, eight rebounds. Plus minus, single game plus minus is janky. Eight rebounds. Pat still rebounding. But Teague, third leading scorer on the Bucks in this game. Drew, what? Chris, Teague. Oh my goodness, it's true. Yeah. Led the bench in scoring. Only the two remaining of the big three players who played scored more than Jeff Teague. We've said it every time we've watched him play. He just looks good. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him, like, what is this, game three? 
I two? believe this is three. This is three. I know he's played oh, at yeah. least two. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is game three. He hasn't done anything really wrong yet, which is. Sometimes he doesn't shoot when he should from three, but I get it. Like, I think he's kind of feeling out his role. And, and I, I like that. Like, I don't want just another version of Bryn Forbes, right? Like, I want him to probe a little bit. And he's been successful, so I'm not that mad. But there's some times when he hesitates when I wouldn't. But otherwise, I'm picking nits. Largely, no. Yeah. So he hasn't really done anything wrong yet, which is maybe maybe the time will come. Maybe it's the new maybe it's the new team high. You're actually playing for a good team, sort of thing. I'll always make that joke. Uh, <laughs> have to. Yeah. We might see a regression. I don't want to get our hopes to high too, like too much yet, because right. there's there's still a chance. Otherwise, he's just the greatest buyout addition of all time, uh, like at least in recent history. Because he's actually going to have a role on this team. This is what we were talking about in relation to buyout guys. Like like a Ben McLemore, who uh, was rumored to be uh, a target of the Bucks That came out today because he signed with the Lakers. I don't know what role he would have on this team. Jeff Teague, as a solid point guard, I guess, has a role on this team. He is the backup point guard. And he potentially could see minutes like withdrew with like, i was gonna players. say I, I don't know how uh, he's not playing like a backup man he's not he's not again small sample size small sample size this is game three however there is realistically an avenue for him to close games uh if there's a coaching change maybe but i mean what this is mike budenholzer though uh you know good po- that's a great counter that is a great counter <laughs> that is it's Jeff Teague and Mike Budenholzer. Anything is possible. That Why is do you think he's on the team? You know, all great points. All great points. Um there's gonna I mean maybe the starting lineup never really matters that much. There's gonna have to be a reckoning with the closing lineups with just the way Dante and Brooke have played. And I think there's been highs for both this season, more more so for Dante for sure. But just consistently they're not good enough, and I I don't there's very, very few circumstances where I trust either or both of them to close games. And it's just like, that's just very troubling, right? Like, they're starters, they're big minutes players. I, Brooke is one of the higher paid, Dante not yet, but that eventually they're probably going to give him a bag. And you look at the numbers and they're like, fine. That just scared me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I don't even want to think about Dante contracts right now. But it's one of those things where, like, if you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, it's probably fine. Brooks, th- they're both th- shooting threes better than last year. Dante still at 38%, not counting tonight's game. Uh, Brooke up to 34 after, like, 29 or whatever it was last year. But they're just so inconsistent, and it's just an issue. Uh, Brooke is just, like, the decision-making isn't there, and the impact isn't the same. Dante, it's like, oh my god, like the the minute to minute shift in in Dante play quality can just be astounding. And like we'll we'll see we'll see lapses on offense and then just incredible like plays on defense, and it's like that's sort of why you keep him in there, which is why I'm more worried about Brook than Dante, because with Dante you do have immense immense upside. If he's clicking on, because we haven't really seen, aside from a few botched plays here and there, where he goes for steals, uh, that immediately popped in my head. Uh, Shout out, uh, what's his name? What's that guy's? I can't remember. I why can't I remember what his name is? He plays for the Sixers. Corkmas. Oh, 
Yeah. Always cork moss. For some reason, yeah. I was thinking Nyx. I don't know what was going on in my head. But yeah, you're right. Cork moss. Yeah. Uh, have, yeah, that that gamble for a steal. Which oh, yeah. Because I, I tweeted, you got to be freaking kidding me. Yeah, there you go. That's a solid pun. Yeah. Um, I've used it like a thousand times. Go on. But yeah, it's you see there's immense, immense upside on the defensive end. And that's usually that's his more consistent outfit is that he's going to be a high activity, high level defender. It's the offense that worries me, but him being a high impact defender is why he's been starting, which is why he fits well with the starting group. Because with the starters, you don't really need a whole lot of offensive impact uh, from Dante, from your fifth starter. Fourth starter? I don't even know at this point. Fourth. Uh, fourth uh, Yeah, I would say fourth. Yeah, fourth starter. With Brooke, both can be awful. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And we saw that. We we saw that today. We saw we saw him being horrendous on the offensive end, aside from that one and one, which somehow went in. Reminded me of uh, seventeen or seventeen, eighteen. Wow, uh, <laughs> eighteen, nineteen. First Good? year, yeah, it'd be eighteen, yeah. nineteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. This is year three. Yes, uh, eighteen, nineteen. Brooke, when every single one of those would fall. Like inexplicably. Do you remember that? Just yeah. every single time he got near the basket, like he was going in. Yeah, I missed want, that. We wanted him in the post more, and now it's like we want him on the bench more. <laughs> that back down of Looney made me sick. The fact that it worked made me more sick because now I feel like we're more likely to see it going forward. I, I think the thing with Dante is, and we've ragged enough on Brooke. I think people know how we feel. The Renaissance was short lived and and fleeting and uneven. Maybe he just needs like another week off couple months <laughs> potato couple, potato um yeah, a couple, couple moving couple seasons send some movers to his house <laughs> <laughs> um with dante i feel like his role needs just needs to be restricted like I, i'm sick of seeing the dante divincenzo point guard experiment this isn't the time for that like we're, we need to tighten up for playoffs now this is a Giannis year with two other not technical all-stars but with chris and drew on the roster everybody else concerns or not over how good they can be i just think you need to treat it like we need to go in this year and that means you can't have dante doing all this crap that dante loves to do and and the bucks love to let dante do like step backs from two like he's done this week like never just never like let somebody else do that shoot open threes cut clean up the glass and put those in thrive in the dunker spot but some of these shots and and just his the stuff he tries to do it's I know I say it all the time, but like Carson Wentz slash Icarus, man, just like trying way too much. And it's, it shouldn't be asked of him. It, it, it still is. And that's, that's what concerned me. It's, it carried over to defense on the, the cork moss thing. It's like, just, you're, you're doing too much. You don't need to do that. Just stand by him and put your arms up and make it hard. Don't gamble for a steal for no reason. I just feel like that's the, the Dante experience is every play is either no, 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 yes, or no, 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 no. And it's just like, it's too risky. Like, I can't live with that volatility in my life. Yeah, that's just general life advice, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is why I was saying there's an avenue for Jeff Teague to be closing games. Uh, but I think this just flows into the general bud convo we wanted to have. It's, yeah. It's wild decision making 
It is absolutely wild. But it's also, it's wild decision making. But at the end of the day, it's very simple decision making. It's, it's wild in the sense that how can you have those guys on the court when they've been performing badly all game? But it's simple in the fact that he's like, oh, these are my guys. These are my starters. These are, these are the guys we trust at the end. And so we're just going to play them. Maybe, maybe, maybe it should be a little more complex than that. You know, like yeah. maybe analyze what's going on in the middle of the game. Like, I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh man, why didn't they think of this? When obviously, obviously, people like the coaching staff has thought about these things. Like, they're not idiots. <laughs> like, as much as we rag out about them, these are NBA coaches technically. So, <laughs> <laughs> technically. I mean, they are yes. like these, these ideas. They come up like they've been discussed. They've been talked about, but nothing is done about it. That's the issue is that they're aware of these solutions and that they're aware of these problems, but refuse to act on it. Like what what is the harm of putting up, putting Brooke Lopez on the bench and putting Bobby Portis out there who's been ball in this game and keep in in there when the game's on the line why not do that why not reward the player who has been playing well you know it really makes me think of the west matthews semis thing like and it, that was even worse because west was literally a starter and like so obviously crucial in that a specific moment but like dante and pat of course playing over him for no real reason and it costing the Bucks the game. And even bigger than that, it cost them Wes Matthews, right? Like he dipped. He was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. You're not even going to play me. And, you know, I'm not going to say they lost Bobby Portis tonight. But, you know, if a guy plays really well and then you're like, yeah, you just can't close this game because Brooke Lopez has his contract and, you know, he was here since the year one of this era and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the guy's going to be like, I'm great. I revitalized my career here. That's awesome. Maybe I'll go somewhere that's going to play me in games when I clearly deserve the run. Like, you're not doing yourselves favors with free agents, which you kind of need to do considering, you know, Drew got the bag. Chris has been had the Big bag. Money. Giannis got the bag. Like, they can't pay anyone. They can't pay anyone who they don't have bird rights on. They don't have them on Bobby. So you really, you got to, you can offer him peanuts and just say, hey, we'll pay you when we get your bird rights, when we can, you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. You can't say that, say that. The Bucks will probably. Nah, Ty, you just cost the Bucks a draft. Yeah, the Bucks will probably leak it to Woolwich because, of course, and, and lose a 2029 third-round pick. There's going to be a third round by then. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's an easier sell if Bobby Portis feels like, uh, you know, he has real shot to, you know, continue to grow his role in the team or have a crucial There's role a reason the to play well. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you personally get rewarded for playing well. Yes, that's how it should work. People, people call it like the old school mentality. That's what Marcus Johnson was saying on the. I almost said Fox Sports, Bally Sports, Wisconsin broadcast. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Ugh. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, it'll it'll take some adjusting. He was saying like Steve Kerr's got this old school mentality with James Wiseman, where it's like, oh, we're not going to play you thirty minutes a night just because you're what was he the number two pick yes yeah number two overall pick edwards wiseman lamello yes we're gonna 
we're going to play you what you earn <laughs> like in practice and stuff. And he's like, Oh, I really appreciate that old school gritty mentality. I, I don't want to sound like a boomer. I am not a boomer. <laughs> like that's not, that's not who I am. It's, I don't know. Maybe like you should be rewarded for doing things. Well, like I feel that like that's comment, not insane. It's not an insane concept. Was that comment a sub at, at Bud? Do you think it was not, but it could be. We don't know. It wasn't. I mean, I do. We don't know it was, but we don't know it wasn't. I and listen. We're, I'm just like these guys closing games and just the overall shot down. Oh, too. I thought you meant my comment. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I meant Marcus's. I meant Marcus's comment, not your comment. <laughs> it's like I You're said all step after know. dark. No, yeah, no, no, no. Um, but in addition to like these decisions on closing games with Bud, and again, it's like I think it's this this combo is important because. Some things have been better. Like, I thought the defense on Steph, the idea behind it was quite good. Like, they weren't dropping. Like, they trapped him. They made him work. Again, he, he did it. But they did that. Like, they've been switching more. Like, we're seeing some things improve, but some of the root issues are still just dumb. Like, the shot the shot breakdown. So, Giannis takes 18.5 per game. Then Chris takes 15.5, and, and Drew takes just over 13. And then Dante takes nine and a half per game. Dante per game attempts like four less shots than Drew Holiday. And Brooke Lopez takes just under nine a game too. So those two guys are just taking a combined 18 shots per game. Giannis shoots as many times as the worst two starters combined. That just feels like too many shots to me. And maybe the numbers line up and that's how every team is broken down. But just the role that they have, and it's not, again, it would be one thing if it was like, oh, they're taking nine, you know, open catch and shoot threes or open runners when someone closes out or layups, you know, with, with help defense coming from the side. It's a really good look. They take like difficult shots and there's just no need for it. And I think this has always been a Bucks thing and it feels like it always will be a Bud Bucks thing. There's just not an effort to get the ball flowing into the best player's hands, it's actually the opposite, right? Let it fly. Whoever's, I don't even say whoever's open, whoever's existing and feeling the vibes at that moment on offense is now the star. It's how the Bucks play far too often. And it's, it's bad. It's just bad. It, there's, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's helpful. I, I don't think the buy-in helps. Like these were all things. It's kind of funny that they played the Warriors in this particular game. Cause I think Kerr has, you know, incurred uh, a lot of these same criticisms and their team sucks this year, even though they have Steph Curry because like Kelly Oubre and Wiggins are jacking up shots and, and Steph is off ball way too often and not on ball enough and kind of changed in this game, unfortunately for the Bucks. but it's kind of a similar thing. And I think Kerr skated by for so long because they were just like so good anyway, but all of a sudden, you know, you lose your overwhelming talent advantage and maybe it's not all working the same. And Kerr, if you look at the coaching in those finals, didn't exactly, you know, Shots didn't, didn't, didn't exactly, uh, yeah, didn't, guy would play like seven centers a game. He wasn't exactly, you know, out coaching anybody he went up against. So I think it's it's kind Ron of Ron Lou was running circles around him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. Um, but it's it's kind of a fun comp with with Kerr and, and Bud. Just Kerr, you know, happened to get to much higher heights, of course. But it's like, maybe it's good if the great players take a lot of shots, Rohan. Maybe that's a good idea. It's hard to say. Yeah. The thing about Kerr, uh, this is just a quick tangent. 
he's probably a better coach suited for personality management, uh, like melding of stars, which is why the Warriors were so great during their dynastical run that has now crashed and burned to the ground. Uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take pride in that saying yeah. that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's more difficult to run an extremely high motion offense when uh, you don't have Andre Iguodala and Leandro Barbosa and Sean Livingston and uh, you know Kevin Barnes. Durant. Yeah, Harrison Barnes, and when you have Kelly Oubre, <laughs> uh, Eric Pascal's hurt. Uh, let's say Kent Bazemore, who's <laughs> probably their best rotational player. So it's a little more difficult to you know run run that type of offense <laughs> well, with the with the levels. There was this one quote. I'm surprised the Bucks haven't had any locker room issues. I think that just speaks to I think that speaks to Giannis and Chris and how they run this team. Yeah, uh, that's been reported out there. There was this one quote up earlier in the season where it's like uh, an unnamed Warriors player uh, was talking about Kelly Oubre not wanting to come off the bench. And he's, uh, he said, like, we had Andre Iguodala winning finals MVP coming off the bench. And this Kelly effing Oubre doesn't want to come off the bench. People are torn if it was Clay or Dre. And, and I it's definitely it. Draymond. It's 100% Draymond. I, I think Draymond would have said, no, name me. Like, I think no, Draymond the next day would have been like, it was me. I said that. That's uh, honestly, that's fair. Maybe it was like, imagine it was Steph. Steph does seem fed up. Steph to MKE. Um, Draymond fires more shots on like podcasts and media availabilities than he does in games these days. It's rough, dude. It's rough. Like just accomplishing nothing. He scored that layup early and I was like, please don't let this. No, I actually was like, please don't let this change your strategy on defense. Like let that guy shoot. Like, please, if he wants to let him and, and he shot. And that was one of the few things that didn't go against the Bucks. He's three for eight in this game with six points. Just there's just no need to cover him anymore. It's it's kind of tough to watch. But let's get back to the Bucks and, and their issues. We talked about rotations. We talked about shot diet. Our guy Pat, we shouldn't have made that podcast. We should have known what would happen when it we went made to that podcast. Head. It went to his head. It went to Bud's head. Bud is like, oh, smash the pat button. It's he's not the problem. Um not good. I, I just I, I've I, we we even on our closing guy episode were like Pat, fine player. Probably don't need to close games with him. Even down Giannis and PJ, the way this game unfolded, didn't have to close the game with him. It just the trust in Pat, while admirable, it's not actually no, it's Is not it admirable. admirable. No, it's not admirable. <laughs> like I think I, that's just blind faith. Yeah. And it's one of those where it's like I feel like people kind of assume I'm pro Pat closing because I'm I just think Pat's an okay player. We literally okay. It's also, not, if you guys not. have these takes about us, literally listen to the podcast. Yeah, where we, we talked like, about everything. Pat was like our second alternate to be in the closing five. Like he wasn't yeah. even he wasn't in there. He wasn't first alternate. He was like second or third. He's our seventh man in our closing fives. Yeah, and that was before PJ Tucker. Good carry out. No, I. It's just that that's just not who he is, and that's my. I think that's like the biggest issue aside from. And I don't think it was as bad this game. I mean, the Warriors made a ton, but I, I didn't know. I mean, they would the the defense was so tilted around Steph and everything, and the Warriors just made some tough threes. But like the 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 biggest Bucks issues on both ends on defense, it's like allowing way too many threes, which again didn't feel as bad tonight to me. 
And on offense, it's like shrug your shoulders, like whatever. Like we'll, we'll just also rebounding. Oh god, Chris hasn't boxed out a guy in like a month. I was gonna say three years. Okay, that works too. And it's like the issue is, I know the scheme on rebounding is for Brooke Lopez to play like Steven Adams and box out and let somebody get somebody else get the rebound. One, there's not been enough of that. Like the Bucks give up so many tip dunks on offensive rebounds, it's not even funny. And it's mostly Chris. It's yeah, definitely mostly Chris. And two, it's like that's not gonna work if nobody actually grabs it. Yeah. You can't box out and wait for somebody to grab it and then nobody grabs it. And that actually is the one the one thing that like I can see why you would have Pat out there. I wouldn't do it, but I can see it. That's the one area he will always bring it. Like he's going to go for rebounds. He and Dante, the two guys we always say, always maximum effort on the boards. And Thanasis. He actually lost one to Steph early in the game that was super inexplicable. I think it was just a badly timed jump. But those three are always going to go full tilt for every board. Giannis is iffy. He motors him in. His rebounding numbers are stupid, but of course he's Giannis. Um, I, some, it, it waxes and wanes. Chris has just been bad, like really bad. And Lopez just doesn't like he boxes out one guy and then three more guys coming. Like just grab the rebound. Maybe just go get it. Like, and he's not always in position. It's not a Brooke Lopez issue, but I just, I don't like that idea of like, Oh, our biggest guy will box out and let other someone else grab it. Maybe just get it. Maybe just yeah, actually. If you can just get, get the it. ball, maybe get the ball. It's yeah, hard. To, it's hard to put the ball in the basket when you don't have the ball. Like yeah, I know that's the top tier basketball good. analysis, but like it's it might be difficult to understand. But I I think having the ball is a good is a good idea. Like this is this is just basics. This is basics. Like, this team it needs to tighten up. Because we're seeing how insane the competition is getting. And this team is not, they, they need to tighten up fast. There's, what did you say, 22 games left in this season? Yeah, this was game 50. Really? Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's coming down to the wire, Ty. I said, uh, I said during the extension podcast, is it playoff time yet? Oh my God. And now I'm thinking like, oh my God, it's almost playoff time. Uh, <laughs> Like one game shouldn't change me this much, but this this was just an embarrassing game. It, it didn't look like a championship caliber team, that's for sure. I mean, it, it did just, not. It was embarrassing. They bungled it. So I let's look at rebounding. Portis thirteen rebounds tonight. Great, awesome. In twenty eight minutes, how did he not close this game? Embarrassing. Uh, Pat has eight. Dante has five. Thanasis has five. The rest of the team combines for. Nine? Yeah, I think nine rebounds. Chris has two. Brooke has three. Drew has three. Teague has one. That's just not enough rebounds from so many of these players. Like, basically, we'll say Portis was the four, so he clearly did his job. Your One of your other forwards and your center, who played a ton of minutes, Chris played 37, Brooke played 33, combined for five rebounds in like 70 minutes of basketball. That's just not good enough. Like individual rebounding numbers. I'm not that DPOI voter. Like I'm not voting Andre Drummond DPOI, but five rebounds between three or two of your three front court players. And the only two of those three that you actually close the game with, you just can't like 
that you need to be able to grab some rebounds. The Bucks love giving up these needless second chance points. And it's again, it's what we just said about the championship caliber and like what they look like. You can't be doing that kind of thing. Like that's the difference between winning and losing a game and thus a series. And the Bucks are just so lackadaisical about it. It drives me crazy. Yeah, it's it's an effort thing. It really is. Like I've said this before, energy and effort is uh, is good. It, it's necessary. It's necessary, but not sufficient. Uh, if you want to yeah. go into like, uh, what's that theory called? I should know this, but I can't remember. I don't know. Uh, it's yeah, too it's late like, at night for me to know theories. Yeah, I learned this. I should know this. Whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like you you need it. You need it, but it can't be your entire scheme, which is the the problem with the previous regime. Uh, <laughs> it's still it's still needed though. Like yeah. you still need to play with energy and effort. That's why that's why Thanasis has carved out a role for himself, and he's actually like built on that and been a very good. He's been a good player. <laughs> we staggered the positives after you finish this point. I want to talk about Thanasis. Yeah, so you need like I feel like I keep harping on Chris here. But I feel like he's the one that's the victim of this the most often. Like, he just loses the track of his guy. He just plays, like, sort of floating around. That's the term you've been using. He just floats around. And he's just he's just there. He's not actively participating in getting team stats like rebounds. It's just, like, rebounding is not really an individual statistic anymore. It should probably be viewed as more of a team statistic. And he's not contributing to the team statistic. And that's just, it's poor. Yeah, the Warriors had 12 offensive rebounds in this game. And I think that's unacceptable. I think they're one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. Yep. And Wiseman, I I think he set his rebounding career high in this game, or he had his third ever double double and he had it by halftime. Third double double through 50 games of the season. I know he hasn't played all of them, but still, it's, it's unacceptable. You just can't do it. But the Bucks did it. And because of it, they. Lost the game. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's get into some positives. The Nas. The Nasus. Oh my goodness! Like maybe just he should have closed the game. I tweeted like him or Portis in, in for Lopez the last eight minutes. I think they win the game. All the gas it, in yeah. there because those guys would have added something: rebounding, shot making, anything, something off the dribble. The Nasus oh. was fifth in scoring in this game for the box. Like. Scored more than Lopez, more than DiVincenzo. He made all four of his shots. I think three dunks, right? Yep, three dunks. He was two or three from the free throw line, and that one miss was after just getting rattled in the head. He didn't look. Should have been a flagrant. Should have been yeah, a flagrant. Should, honestly, like he, he's probably getting evaluated for a concussion as we speak. Yeah, he took a knock. But five rebounds in 20 minutes, one assist, no turnovers, two fouls, plus four. Plus four for Thanasis. Finishing those dunks with aggression. And I got to say, the pump fake to get, I think it was Damian Lee, off his feet. And then, yeah. like, he went and slammed it. That was, like, a real big man move. I like to see that kind yeah, of. Yeah, he, he power dribbled. Like, yes. what, what is what is going on? Yes. He's, like, looked like an old school center out there. I was like, okay, Thanasis. Yeah, as, as that play was unfolding, I was like, oh, this would be a good way to go about doing this. And then he did it. And I was like, oh, my God. He's that crafty was, around the perfect. rim. He probably could have gotten an and one on that as well. Probably. Yeah, well, yeah, the issue is, if I think for a player like him from free throw, 
take the sure dunk over the chance at an and one every single time. No, like time. as the play happened, like oh, kind of like it, yeah, get, try to get both. Yeah, yeah. It's no, like the the play that resulted probably should have been called for a foul. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. but it's the nastiest, so it didn't. Um. He did get another and one earlier on a nice backdoor cut, uh, which Chris found him on for a reverse layup and one, which is a, pretty. A qu- that was beautiful. A question I've seen posed now, I think in our Discord for shots to the Eurogroup Discord, is the Nassus the best dunker spot player on the team? By far. Without question. I think so, too. I think so, too. You know what I was thinking in this in this game? If he got that three-point shot down, he would be like a really good stretch four on this team. Like a really good stretch four on this team. He's running out of stuff he can't do. Like the list is getting shorter. I've, I've made the list today. I mean, he did have a game where he went four or five from three. It's clearly in, it's clearly in a work in progress. Like good defender on ball and off ball. Good defensive communicator. Good cutter. Good dunker spot guy. Great bench celebrations. It's, we it's eerily honest ask the you one m- you might wit- witness a murder on a basketball court that's uh maybe not murder just manslaughter because it's unintentional yeah. <laughs> yeah or intentional um <laughs> um naked aggression he can do that too uh just the three-point shot is the one thing like if i'm thanasis like this summer corner threes all day long i don't even know if he has to work on the other stuff you know it's there i don't think that stuff is leaving him Get that corner three ben down. Simmons. Like, what is Ben Simmons? Like, the, one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen is, what does Ben Simmons practice? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what does he throw, like, behind the back passes? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just, like, dribbling a ball down the open floor and then passing it. Um, <laughs> uh, they said he could be honest. He's averaging, like, 14 points per game with him beat out. Uh, anyway, but the Nasus, um Get in the lab with PJ Tucker for like three months and just be like, dude, show me exactly what you do. The outline is there for the post PJ Tucker for Anthanasis. And hopefully PJ is around for a couple of years, but there's just, there's a lot there. There's a lot to like. I feel like he's really refining the edges on a lot of his game. Offense, like doing anything besides cutting and, and being right by the basket is still such a huge question mark. But if he, it becomes- he faked the handoff and went reverse. On the baseline for a jail, I was I stood out of my seat. I was like, "What on earth did I just see?" That was Giannis esque. It was it, it. His explosiveness was on display. Like he is a ridiculous, freaky athlete, so to speak. Yeah, no, it's it just it's god tier genes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and hard work. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's that was. Uh, I think I floated that in the Discord too. Like, you know, is he? Is he a shot away from being like the ideal stretch four? And I, I forget who it was, but somebody was like, I wouldn't bet against that guy's work ethic. And I was like, yeah, I wouldn't either. Can't. I wouldn't either. He made himself a real NBA player. But like, compare, compare his film last year, like the five God. minutes total of film there was last year yeah, to yeah. this year. It's, in, it's insane. He's improved so, so much credit to him. He is. If Pat's shooting calms down, I think the Nasus might be better. He might be. Like, I but think it's you, the you shooting. Tweeted, right? Like, is if the Nasus gets his shot down, Pat's useless? Yeah, there's like, there's nothing left because then there's, there's nothing he would do better than the Nasus. That's the one thing right now that he does better, right? Like, everything that Pat offers otherwise, the Nasus rivals is like matches or exceeds. However, 
would Thanasis have taken that three attempt? Uh, that Drew Holiday ended up putting back in uh, to put them up to. He wouldn't have taken that three. Probably would have just dunked it, man. I know. That's what I'm saying. Maybe not taking the three is good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that worked out for the Bucks in the end, but yes. No, yeah, it's, yeah, he certainly, I think on that last play of the game, the, the Chris terrible block shot, the Nasus would have either gotten called for an illegal screen, getting Wiggins the hell out of the way, or the shot goes off clean. Those were the or two options. Or he would options. have put back, dunked it from that angle. Oh, that yeah. Oh, happened. yeah. Yeah. I guess he's like falling down on his back. He would have just exploded to the basket. <laughs> I just, and I feel like this is such a risky thing given how tenuous so much of his tape is still in his NBA career. But it's just been good lately. And I'm glad at least one player who has looked good has gotten more chances as a result. Um, yeah. At least at least that much has happened. But Spread on the whole. that, bud. Yeah, like take that to crank that idea up to 11. Like Bobby Portis. Play your good players. Bobby Portis, man. If someone's playing well, play them. Maybe close games with them. If someone's not playing well, maybe don't close games with them. Pat Condon in 25 minutes led the bench. One for six from the field. Eight rebounds. I will die on this hill. The rebounding is legitimately that good. But the Gnostis is right there and was doing everything else better. And I, I'm not saying the Gnostis was the play there, especially if you're going to keep Brook in. Like, you kind of need some shooting. But Pat also was offering zero from three as evidence. Yeah, so, the Gnostis can play center. Can yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. No, he can't. Um, yeah, just a frustrating. And just like so many things that we've seen forever that just like bubble up like frustrations below the surface, but they weren't below in that no, game. They were fully on display and we saw, we saw the old word. faithful. I can, I still, we've been doing this for a little bit now. I cannot believe they lost that game. This disgraceful. Really. Inexcusable. Like, disgraceful. Inexcusable. People stayed up until like midnight central to watch that. Like thousands of people. Who are now all listening to this podcast. Thank you. If you know of anyone who was up watching the game who isn't listening, make sure they are. Slide into yeah. the DM. Send the link. But these people, good, hardworking Wisconsinites and others, deserve better basketball than this. And that this was, is why I am running. For- it's an election day. I hope everyone voted. It's an election yes. day. Is where yesterday, technically now, as we record, it was an election day. Um, I actually, I finally got a sticker. I hadn't gotten a sticker there you in like go. the last several elections, but I did this time. Um, but yeah, no, it's just disheartening. Very disheartening result. Um, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. Again, we always try to break down everything in specific. So like some good things, mainly like players, you probably don't expect to close playoff games, which is makes it less good overall long term, but Teague, Thanasis, and Portis, good. Really good. I mean, they, you don't expect them to do it um, until they do it. Budenholzer. That made sense in my head. <laughs> no, I, 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 I know what you mean there. I know the concept. Um, I will say, I guess just a silver lining, like the shot making was really good at times from Chris, especially Chris. I mean, Drew, we've known. Like he's been doing this stuff all year. It was nice to see Chris do it. It, even just for like a quarter mainly that he really was like firing off 
Toss just, Shot Express. Just do it more. Just do it more. Like I'll never forget this possession as long as I live, or at least until I go to sleep tonight. He's got Steph Curry on him beyond the three point oh, line, yeah. and he passes out of it, and like early in the shot clock to Brooke Lopez, who runs a DHO with Dante DiVincenzo. And I'm I don't remember. I'm sure they didn't score because why would a Brooke Lopez Dante DiVincenzo DHO with a lot of time on the clock result in points ever? Spoiler usually doesn't. But it's just like, why do that? Like, have Brooks screen for you. Or just take Steph Curry. Post up Steph Curry. Do a billion other things. But not that one. That reminds me. I was... It's funny you mentioned that. Because there was a play during the game where uh, Steph Curry got the ball on, uh, off a rebound. Like, he re- rebounded the ball. He was bringing it up the court. He just dribbles into the left wing. And he just stands in the corner. And he gives it to Andrew Wiggins. So him and uh, him and uh, Kelly Oubre can run a little two-man game. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was him and Wiseman. It was Wiggins and Wiseman. I was like, "That's what you're doing." Like, and then I realized that's what the Bucks are doing. Yeah, <laughs> it was very Bucks. This was uh, it was a masterclass uh, Kerr versus Bud, where you have uh, Kelly Ray and uh, Pat Connison taking clutch shots for you. Just incredible. Just, uh, incredible is a word. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Is there, do we have any other things on this game or do you want to touch on Giannis a bit? Uh, let's talk about, I mean, do we have any other Bud stuff overall too? I don't think we, so. You mentioned this a bit when we first started the conversation. He's been doing a lot of good stuff. We just sort of breezed past that. He has been. He really has been. This was not the greatest game uh, to really to really showcase all that. There were opportunities where you could have, you could have gone to things you've been working on. Like this would have been a perfect opportunity to go on like a a zone defense plus a trap. Like can you like that would that would be incredible because what they were doing when Steph Curry was getting trapped is he was doing classic Steph Curry things and just relocating and getting the ball later in the possession. If you just zone trap, that solves that issue realistically. Well, plus it was like the the Warriors weren't just shooting when he passed out of the doubles. Like almost every single time. Instead of him just like passing to somebody behind the arc who shot, the player whose guy doubled like cut into the lane for the easy four on three. And the Bucks usually they weren't always equipped to handle that. So the zone helps there too. And just like you're just you're cutting into like a wall of bodies, which is as Giannis has discovered over multiple years, it's not always that easy to do. It's probably even harder for Kelly Oubre than it is for uh for Giannis. But I think I think it's fair that we overshadowed some of the good stuff that Bud has done because like that's how this game worked. Like that's what's top of mind is some of these nice tweaks are overshadowed by just philosophies and and trends that have been throughout his tenure that just aren't good enough. And that happened again. Surprise. Yeah. Hey, maybe there's a reason Darvin Ham didn't take the Texas Tech job. He's looking for an opportunity. He is, and more than deserving. Yeah, bucks are yeah, bucks are otherwise. Shouts yeah. to Darvin Ham. Know your worth. Know your worth. He could get. He could easily get a college head coaching gig, but he knows he can get an NBA head coaching gig, whether it's with the Bucks or someone else. I guarantee you, he is not going to be an assistant coach uh, after the season. No, no. The bud, the bud tree has been frustratingly, really, frustratingly, really good. Yeah, Quinn Taylor Snyder, Jenkins, Taylor Quinn Jenkins, Snyder, Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, yeah. He's an assistant in somewhere. Clippers. Sure. Clippers. I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he was. That's- Decent as a rebuilding coach. Yeah. We don't have to get into Kanye. Let's talk about Giannis. Yep. 
So Giannis missed his second straight game. He was listed as probable leading up to this game uh, after missing the game against the Kings on whatever day that was. Uh, why am I trying? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was Friday or Saturday, right? Saturday. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, Friday was the... Portland? Yeah. Okay. So he missed the Kings game, and he was listed as probable on the injury reports leading up to this game against the Warriors. And he ended up not playing. It was said that he sort of felt it in warm-ups and they were just like, it's a late scratch. Uh, he's feeling a little bit of the knee soreness. I'm not overly concerned. I actually think this is probably a good thing. Uh, just get him the rest that he needs. Just don't take any chances whatsoever. Uh, make sure Giannis is good. That's that's priority number one. Uh, forever and always as a Milwaukee Bucks franchise. Make sure Giannis is good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, get him all the rest he needs, make sure his knee is not compromised while you're trying to play in through games. Because at the end of the day, even though this game did bother me a lot, it's still a regular season game. It's game 50. Like, sure, it's one game and it exemplified a lot of problems. But at the end of the day, the game itself, like the win loss does not really matter that much. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, sure, we'll you could say the context of the one seed. It doesn't but... matter as much as Giannis's long term. Exactly. Health. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you take Giannis's health every single day <laughs> over over this one game against a G League team, like that you should have won anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say that they lost to. <laughs> yeah, a G League team plus uh, two time MVP. Yeah, unanimous. Um, yeah, I have no issue with resting him. Um, at all, I think always be safe. Or was it the Boston game? I think is the one that people are pointing back to now. It's like, why did he play in that game? Um. Because there was some soreness before that too, and and we've mentioned on here, it's been that's been a regular Giannis thing over the last few years. He knee tendonitis or knee soreness or whatever, and he'll miss a game here or there. I mean, knock on all the wood, he's been really really healthy for an explosive seven footer who's gained fifty pounds of muscle since his rookie year. So a game here or there to maintain that is is a very low cost in perspective. But I just I really hope there's no. I really hope there wasn't a question like, should he play? Should he not play in that Boston game? And then they decided to play him. And I know it's tough. Cause I Giannis, highly doubt that Giannis I wants to play doubt. every single yep. game, which, which doesn't make it easier, but I, I hope not. I hope that's not the case as well. I hope we're not in Sixers territory of terrible injury luck slash conditions. They but almost killed poor Zaire Smith, man. Poor guy. I watched him in, in Oshkosh after that. It's, didn't really look the same. Um, yeah, give him all the time he needs, though. Um, you have to, and that's just that's just always how I'm going to come down on this kind of thing. Like always, play it safe, unless it's like literally game seven of the finals. But this is not that at all. It's not even close. And yeah, I, I think it's good that I he mean, was like, almost they, didn't, they didn't play him in a closeout game in the playoffs, like in the bubble. Yeah, like we saw that. Like yeah. they'll they'll hold him out of playoff games. <laughs> yeah, I mean a, a closeout game when they were down three one. But yes. No, they were done 3-0 at that point. They won. Oh, game. sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought you played in that one and then didn't play in the last one. Do I have it backwards? I might have it backwards. I think he, I think they pulled him for part of it and then he tried to come back and then didn't play. I, I think, think that's you're how right. it went. Um, we're not going to do a binge the bucks of of the bubble playoffs, but I don't um, think anyone wants that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so either. Um, I don't want that. <laughs> Mickey Mouse title doesn't doesn't deserve the the uh, magnifying glass. 
Yeah, I, I think it was the right call. I just, I we hope there's nothing long term. The fact that he was probable before this game makes it feel to me that it's just more kind of lingering soreness and giving him a couple days. Hopefully, we'll get everything back to normal. Or it's but like a, it's like a you should win this game anyway sort of thing, which they didn't. Yeah, they didn't we, win. What a, it's frustrating. But we don't have any real news or insight on Giannis besides keep him healthy no matter what. It doesn't seem like it's going to be long-term at this point. But if he has to skip the Mavs game and they have to, you know, get blown out by Luka, fine. A healthy Giannis is worth more embarrassment. Yeah, future Bucks, Luka Doncic. A lot of future Bucks on the schedule right now. Yeah. I mean, you got to – hey, I mean, if anything, this helps uh, This helps Steph Case be like, oh, man, I could take this team over the top, you know, like – Luca as well. We'll see what happens there. Maybe you know? both. I don't know, man. They they took a second round pick away from the Bucks for tampering with their own player, like or not? No, not tampering with their own player for finding no evidence of tampering. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if the the NBA would close its doors before they let that happen. They're like, nope, sorry, we're turning into the XFL or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. We can dream though. We had to deal with this for a long time, so we can dream. I think I'm in a nightmare after I pass out after this this episode. Yeah. Uh, so on that note, uh, we should probably wrap this up here. Uh, shouts, shouts to us, Ty. Shouts to us. It is nearly 1 a.m. <laughs> we recorded this after the Mavs game. Mavs game, wow. After the Warriors game. Uh, we are not living in the future. It is... The last time we have to do this this season, which is just absolutely magical, because this is this is uh, this is a it's a grind, but we do it for you all out there. Last Hopefully, you appreciate that. Start. If Thank you do, God. sorry, yes, if you do appreciate that, show your support. Make sure you leave a rating on Apple and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends and family about the show. We come on, we deserve this. You do it for us, guys. Just come on, show your support. Thank you for listening as always. Please stay safe, everyone, and we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.